let's open up in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity you've afforded us once again to participate in the handling of your word. Father, I stand in awe of you. We stand in awe of you for how good you are, how good you have been, and how good we anticipate that you continue to be to us despite our humanness, despite our wickedness, despite our failures. Dear God, you still uh, want to show us grace and and to uh, cause our relationship with you to grow. And Father, with that, we just bow the knee and say thank you. Father, we're humbled that you would um, cause us to be at this place tonight. And so we ask now that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be completely acceptable to you and only you. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Uh, for those who I have not uh, had an occasion to greet yet, um, Happy New Year uh, to you, to each and every one of you. And uh, I pray this year that God will let me rephrase it. I pray that you will experience God like never before this year. It's not a casual saying. I really sincerely mean that. In light of all that's going on around us, um, I think it, I'm in good company when I say we need him more than ever. Uh, in light of all this happening around us locally, in light of all this happening around us regionally, certainly internationally, we need him more than than ever. And in light of that, um, and this is part of the reason why I ask for you to come up a little closer, because I'd like for us to have some dialogue. And my first question is, is simply this. How, how important is the truth? How important is, is knowledge in today's time? And um, the good thing about it is Pastor Lee's not here, so you don't have to worry about talking in church. You're allowed to talk in church. But let's bat this around some. How important is it? How important is knowledge? How important is truth? Any ideas, suggestions, comments? No, we're not going to give you the mic. How important is it to you? Okay, so you, you think it's vital. Okay, okay. Any other comments, suggestions? Thank you. How important is knowledge? How important is the truth? Especially in the day when there are no absolutes. So it's important. So what might you be prepared to do in light of its importance to get it? Great Sunday school answer. 
Seek it. That's what we've been taught to do, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Study to show thyself approved. We, we, we know the verses. But is it that important that we're willing to seek it, to acquire it, to go out and get it? How important is is knowledge? And 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 if it is that important, what value do you and I place on it? Uh, there is a show on television that uh, I don't know. It, it's just a it's a dumb show. I don't know why I watch it. I don't understand it. But there's this guy on uh, on television. He's trying to sell stuff. Usually it's automobiles, and he's talking real fast, and 2,000, and then 30,000, and people are there in the audience, you know. And this guy's up there uh, leading an auction, trying to get people to to buy this vehicle. And uh, one particular vehicle, um, I'm not here to advertise any particular brand, but there was one particular vehicle that started out somewhere around 20,000, um, and uh, I went down in the room, came back out. The guy was now at 60000 and he had no intent on stopping. There was a value on that vehicle, and everyone and their grandma in the audience were betting, uh, trying to outmaneuver, outbet, outbid the next person. I can't remember even how much the vehicle was sold for. What if knowledge was on display here tonight and being sold, being auctioned? (laughs) What would the bids go for? It would go to the highest bidder. You, You are right. What do you think the highest bidder might put in? Five dollars? Ten dollars? Twenty dollars? A loss of an hour's sleep. Now you're messing around with my Kool-Aid, right? How important is knowledge? And, and that's the question I want to keep. I want you to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, it's about 725 BC, and a prophet by the name of Hosea has been sent to Israel with a warning. Israel has played the harlot, so to speak. Israel has gone after. Other gods. Israel has, and when I say Israel, I mean both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. At this point in history, Israel has split. We knew Israel as this strong uh, group of people who God had chosen, who God had picked out. uh, Under the auspices of King Saul and King David and King Solomon. And then after that, things kind of went haywire. People started doing their own thing. The northern kingdom split in the southern kingdom. And now it's about 725, 730 B.C. And um, Israel's just doing her own thing. God's not happy with her. And he sends this prophet by the name of Hosea to give a warning to Israel. It's not a pleasant warning. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. And it is a great sound to hear 
especially in the day of modern technology, to hear those pages still turning. That is just a cool, that's a cool thing. Hosea chapter 4, it'll, it, uh, for those of you, I don't mean to insult anybody, but if you just turn to Psalm and Proverbs and start turning to the right, as a matter of fact, if you go to the end of the Old Testament and start turning in, you'll, you'll find it. Um, you got Daniel. Um, if you find Daniel, um, you got Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and right after Daniel is Hosea. All right. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea is speaking. And, and Hosea, I, I wish we had time to do it, but I, I, I wanted to err on the side of having time to discuss and handle the text. But Hosea is, uh, God wanted to use a very good, um, uh, live illustration of his heart for his people. And he told Hosea to go out and marry um, essentially a prostitute. And um, he was trying to show Israel his relationship with, 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 with Israel. Um, but let's get to Hosea chapter 4 and listen to uh, the words of the prophet through God. Um, the words of God through the prophet uh, Hosea. He says, listen to the word of the Lord, O Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, deception, murder, stealing, and adultery. They employ violence so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore, the land mourns, and everyone who lives in it languishes, along with the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky and also the fish of the sea disappear. Yet let no one find fault and let none offer reproof. For your people are like those who contend with the priest. So you will stumble by day and the prophet also will stumble with you by night and I will destroy your mother. Verse 6, my people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, God goes on to say, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. If we were casually, not casually, if we were observing this passage, which we will do, um, just quickly tell me who are some of the people involved, who are some of the characters involved here. Obviously God is one of them. Does the text tell us who God is speaking to? Hint, look at verse 1. Who? Israel. It says, listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. Alright, so we know who, who God is speaking to um, through his uh, servant uh, Hosea. Um, it says, does he state what... Does God give a reason for why he's speaking to the sons of Israel? Again, look at verse 1. Does it say? It says, listen to the words of the Lord, O sons of Israel, for, for what? For who? The Lord has what? As a charge? Has a case? This sounds almost like a court setting. All rise. Magistrate is in court. Session is in. 
Present your case. And God is presenting his case to his people Israel. He says, I have a case against the inhabitant, inhabitants of the land. Does he say what the case is? Does, does he say what his, does he state, does God state his case? Does he say what his problem is? Look at the text. What does he say? There's no, no faithfulness, no love, no knowledge of God. So God says, I have a problem with you. I have a problem with Israel. He says, there's, there's no faithfulness. There's no love. My translation says no kindness. Alright? And no knowledge of God. Where, and where is this happening? In the land. Wherever, wherever, they, wherever they are. In, in, and of course the context is Israel. Okay? So, would, just without looking, would, would that cause a problem? Would that create... Uh, with, 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 I'm trying to oversimplify it here. There's no faithfulness. There's no kindness. There's no love. There's no knowledge of God in the land. Any idea why God would have a problem with that? Goes against everything who he is. God is faithful, He is kind, He is love. He is full of knowledge. Goes against His character, does it not? Would following other idols, going after other uh, stuff, cater to being faithful, to being kind, to being one filled with the knowledge of God in the land? Shake your head with me, no. No, 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 no. So, God has this case. He says, listen Israel, I have a case, I got a problem. Here's the problem. There's no faithfulness, there's no kindness, there's no knowledge of me in the land. God goes on to explain his issue with Israel. Look at verse 2. What all is happening in the land up to this point. What does God say through Hosea is happening in verse 2? I hear some whispers. It's okay. Go ahead. Tell me what the text says. There's what? There's, <laughs> let's pack up and go. There's sinning of all kinds. And let's list them. There's swearing. Right? There's deception. Lying. There's murder, there's stealing, or in the behemoth vernacular, thiefing, there's adultery, what else? There's violence being employed to the extent that bloodshed is following bloodshed. And why is this happening? Because there is no, no faithfulness? And no kindness, and no knowledge of God, no love. You still with me? This is, this is the case God is presenting to Israel. Some of you are looking at me saying, well, what does this have to do with me? We're getting there, but we got to set the stage. So, 
verse 3 starts out with a therefore, a term of conclusion. Hosea says, therefore, what happens? Or what is happening? What's that? The land mourns. Does it just stop there? Talk to me. Who, what, 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 what wastes away? All who live in it. People? <laughs> so, Alright, so therefore the land mourns. It says, and everyone who lives in it wastes away or languishes. Along with the beasts of the field, along with the birds of the sky, also the fish of the sea disappear. So, there's no faithfulness, there's no kindness or love in the land, there's no knowledge of God in the land. Correct? That's the case God is presenting against Israel, His beloved. And as a result of no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in the land, what happens? He says there's swearing, there's deception, there's murder, there's stealing, there's all sorts of violence, there's adultery, all sorts of things are going on. To the extent, verse 3 says, that the land mourns. Everyone mourns. The beasts, the birds, every, everything's gone haywire. Everything's out of whack. Look at the text and tell me again, why is this happening? There's no faithfulness, there's no kindness, there is no knowledge of God. Remember I asked you earlier how important is knowledge? And what value are we going to place on knowledge? There's a verse in Romans chapter 15, um, verse 4. Listen to what it says. Um, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. I used to know it by heart, but right now I'm just too excited. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Listen to what it says. It says, for whatever was written... In earlier times, earlier times referring to the Old Testament, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance and encouragement in the scriptures, we might have hope. So don't get bugged out yet why we stood in this doom and gloom book of Hosea. Listen, there are some instructions in there for us, and it should encourage us and give us a hope. Hosea, the prophet, God uses to give Israel a warning. He says, listen, here's the case God's got against you. There is no faithfulness in the land. There is no kindness in the land. There is no knowledge of God in the land. And as a result of that, there's lying, there's stealing, there's murder, there's violence, there's adultery, there's deception. There's and everyone's paying a price for it. It's not just the people, but the land itself is mourning, the birds, the fish, everybody. Drop down to verse 6. Hosea continues, he says, my people are destroyed. Why? 
For lack of knowledge. How important is knowledge? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God says to them, He says, because you have rejected knowledge, what does God say He will do? He will, this is Him talking to His beloved Israel. He says, Israel, you rejected knowledge, so guess what I'm going to do? You rejected me, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reject you. Wow, what a hard thing to say to your beloved, isn't it? Does he stop there? No, he goes on. He says, since you have forgotten the law of your God, I'm going to even forget your children. So it's not only going to impact or affect you, but it's going to affect your children. <laughs> what was God's concern? Big picture, what was God's concern in these six verses? What was the bee in God's bonnet? What was the thing that was bugging him? They rejected him. Unfaithfulness. Lack of knowledge. They didn't know him. Imagine, here's God, and he's, he's, he's designated Israel, his beloved. His, his, his prize, his charm, his, the love of his life, the, the apple of his eye. And God's done everything for Israel. And Israel has totally said, no, God, we don't want it. No, 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 no. We're going to go after Baal. We're going to go after all these other stuff. Besides, you're just plain and boring. This stuff looks more fun. That's kind of how sin is, isn't it? And God says, Okay, you, you gotta understand how, how serious I am. You're experiencing all these things in the land. And let me tell you why. You've rejected me. You've rejected knowledge. As a matter of fact, um, here we go. Mr. Lose It and all the, Listen to, to, to what the word knowledge here means. The, 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 in a very literal sense, it's intelligence. Uh, wisdom, understanding, uh, a knowledge gained through the senses. The opposite of this type of knowledge is folly, being a fool. Okay? Uh, this kind of knowledge um, describes the proper relationship that God was desirous of having with his people. How many of you remember uh, dating? We have a more seasoned group out tonight. How many of you remember dating or the courtship or courting? I see some smiles. Boy meets girl. Girl meets boy. Boy likes girl. Girl likes boy. And thus begins this, uh, <laughs> this process of courtship where you can't get off the phone 
you writing your name and your beloved on every tree, every wall. You're writing uh, so-and-so, heart so-and-so on every scrap piece of paper. You're spending all crazy hours of the night sneaking on the telephone. Well, today would be the internet or whatever, texting. I'm getting some blank looks, Brother Anton. You, you do remember those days, right? Uh, the things you would do for your beloved. You would climb fruit trees if you found out that they liked a certain fruit. You would walk to the ends of the Nassau just to be with them or get a glimpse of them. You would do all sorts of... Why on earth would you do that? Because you love them. Was there any other reason why you would do it? Why would you spend so much time pursuing and... Being with this person, you learn more about him. There was a girl I liked. She didn't know I liked her. As a matter of fact, to this day, she still doesn't know I used to like her. You know why? <laughs> I never told her. Never been around her. Oh, but God one day sent Mona Lisa in my life, and the rest, as they say, is history, right? Why, why was God so upset with Israel? Israel was not spending time getting to know the lover of their souls. They rejected God. And according to the text, God was going to reject them. 722, the Assyrians come marching and knocking on doors, and it ain't a pretty sight. God brings judgment their way. Listen to uh, 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 God's words again. He says, listen, O sons of Israel. The Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. And he says, um, what? God, God basically says, there is no knowledge of me in the land. Let's bring home the application real quick because I think we've made our point. As you were reading this, do you see anything that's happening in our land today that might reflect what was happening in Israel? Anything at all? Any comparisons? Who said verse 2? The whole of verse 2. You mean the swearing today? No, we, we don't teeth. No, no, no. There's swearing, there's deception, there's murder, there's stealing, there's adultery, there's tons of violence. There is a interesting comparison here, is there not? As a matter of fact, the whole land, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, is mourning today because of a lack of knowledge of God in the land. Anybody been reading the news lately about uh, all these birds dropping out of the sky? Anybody? I'm not. Fish just bellying up in the water for no reason? I don't know. Could it be? Could God, maybe, is God trying to send us a message? 
We got moratoriums on different fishing seasons uh, like we've never had before because people can't find grouper, they can't find conkon. They, what's going on? Is God sending us a message? We've admitted already the problem here with Israel was there was a lack of knowledge. And as I asked earlier, how important is knowledge? And what value are you and I going to place on not just knowledge, but a knowledge of God? Let me ask it another way. How well do you know God? We've sung some beautiful songs of praise tonight. But you know, you can only sing those songs down from the tippy toe of your toes if you are in a right relationship with him. If you've been with him. If he's been with with you. I'll never forget as a little boy watching my grandmother sing a song. One of her favorite songs was the old rugged cross. And uh, mama, as we would uh, call her, would stand there and any of the hymns just kind of gave her a buzz. But the old rugged cross always kind of pushed a button. And now I could see in my mind's eye me tugging on Mama's shoulder, on her elbow. Mama, why are you crying? She, she wasn't loud, it wasn't boisterous, but she would have streams of tears coming down her face. Mama, why are you crying? One day she answered me. She said, son, one day, one day you'll understand. I thought at a child that was just her way of saying, boy, shut up and let me. I just wish mama was still alive today for me to tell her, mama, I think, I think I understand. Her relationship with God was such, her walk with God was such that when she would look at the cross, and consider all that God had done for her. When you hear the word God, when you hear the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, what does that do for you? When you hear the cross, when you hear the word uh Sanctification or justification, what does it do for you? When you hear the word agape, love, what does it do here? Because ladies and gentlemen, I think, I believe with all my heart that God is giving us a very clear warning. Because I believe the same case that he had against the inhabitants of the sons of Israel, the inhabitants of the land, I believe God has the same case with us today. My people are destroyed because they do not know me. And think about how many times we have caused trouble because of a lack of knowledge. Think about how many times we've made the wrong decision because we didn't have enough information about a certain thing. It still happens today, does it not? What value will you place on the knowledge of God? And what are you going to do? And Understand, when I say you, I'm including me in that. What are we going to do in this year, this new year and beyond, to put us in a position where we can say, I know the God of my salvation. What's it going to cost you?
15 minutes, an hour, $5, $10, what is it going to cost you? And what are you prepared to do to acquire the knowledge that God is saying, here it is, just come. In the New Testament, I think it's uh, Peter or John, James, I can't remember, I'm just too excited right now. James, he says, if anyone who lacks wisdom, let him come and let him ask. And I'll give it freely without disdain. God today is still saying, here it is, come. And I'll ask you again, what price, what value will you and I place on getting to know God? I hate to bore you with stories of my getting to know Mona Lisa, but I'll share this one and then we'll bring it to a close. There was one car in our household and uh, I just learned to drive. And uh, every opportunity I got, I found myself as a Foxhole boy heading Baintown to uh, meet uh, this young lady who God had brought into my life, who I don't know why I was having all these crazy thoughts. But for me, my only girlfriend at the time had a Spalding written on it or Nike or Adidas. Sports is my girlfriend. And so and here it is, there's this young lady who who uh, had the love of God in her. And I found myself wanting to be around her every opportunity I got. It was a Friday evening, early Friday evening, and I said to mom, I said, Mommy, let me borrow the car. She said, Son, I can let you borrow the car, but I got to go so-and-so and so-and-so. You're going to have to drop me. It was getting all too complicated. You got to pick your brother up. He's at so and so. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, mommy, you know what? You take the cop. She says, well, son, what are you going to do? I said, mommy, I can wait till you get back, but it's going to be too late. So I'll figure something out. I'll catch a ride. Patrick had already figured out what he was going to do. See, I had picked a bag of grapefruits. And I found out that Mona Lisa liked grapefruits, and I found out that her grandma liked grapefruits. Ding, 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 bright idea. So I went and picked a bag of grapefruits. Those things were heavy. And I said, um, I got to get these things to Mona Lisa, if only to drop them off. My mom takes off. She's gone about her business. House is empty. Put my shoes on. Put my clothes on. I started walking. Now you got to understand, I started walking from a couple corners past Kingsway on Bernard Road. I got this big old brown paper bag. Now, safety-wise, I'm okay on Bernard Road. Everybody knows me. You know, you hail people back and forth. It's got a little scary roundabout, the roundabout there at Village Road, Soldier Road, Wolf Road. Because I could take the short way and go up through the middle, or I can just go Wolf Road... And then cut over Rupert Dean Lean. I figured I'd stay on the main road, go Wolf Road, and cut over Rupert Dean Lean. I can't tell you how many enormously large individuals I encountered at 8 o'clock walking on the road. Terrified. But there was something inside me that kept me going. You know what it was? <laughs> I was going to see Mona Lisa. 
I get on Poinciana Drive. Boy, it's a long, that's a long walk. Driving is only 10 minutes, but trying to walk that thing at night. Eh. I cut through Rupert Dean Lane, and there's this Rasta guy. Oh, bless his heart. Biggest fella I've ever seen. He's got dreadlocks from here to his toes, at least so it appeared. It's dark, and he comes out of the shadows of a lamppole, and he says, Hey, bite. I say, Hey, teeth. I'm shaking like a leaf in the wind because I'm scared this fella could beat me up really bad, take my grapefruit of all things, and I don't get to see Mona Lisa. He says, what you doing through here? I said, well, I just go into the corner here to my grandma and drop these grapefruit off. He said, there ain't no grapefruit in the bag. I said, yeah, man. I said, you want one? I took one out and I threw it to him. He said, all right, chief, everything cool. And I walk on. Let me tell you something. I'm feeling myself, I'm pinching myself, I'm thinking I'm still dreaming. I get about 200 feet away from the house and I see the light on the porch. What keeps me going? I get past one corner and another corner and I'm, I'm pushing on. I am scared out of my wits. I've never done this before. This clean cut fella from, from, from Fox Hill, now in quote unquote the battle, not like Fox Hill was anything clean, green, and pristine, but you gotta understand, I was in no man's land. What was it that kept me going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Enough of the story. Let me ask you something. What is it that's gonna cause you and I to get to know God, the God of this Bible, the God of our salvation. What is it, what is it going to take to cause you and I to pay the extra, whatever it may cost? I'm not just talking money. It may be just getting up a little earlier. It may be turning the television off a little sooner. It may be delaying watching the game. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the distraction is in your life. I can tell you a couple in mine. But how valuable is knowing God to you? There are some people in here who have been seasoned in the word of God. And you could talk to them and they'll tell you the same thing. They'll tell you of their experiences of spending time. You know what's so crazy? We've all enjoyed the pleasures of courtship, have we not? What if we pursued God that way? As a teenager, what would my life be like right now if I pursued God the way I pursued Mona Lisa? And you fill in the blank. What would our lives be like if we pursued Whatever, whoever. You saw what happened to Israel? God says, y'all are being destroyed because you don't know me. I'm going to reject you because you've rejected me. I'm going to forget you because you forget, you've forgotten me. Is that what we want God to say to us? Anybody? Anybody? Oh God, forget me. <laughs> Reject me. No, that's not pleasant, is it? We've seen through history. These things were written of earlier times 
for our encouragement, for our instruction, so that we would be able to persevere and have a hope. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to contend tonight that it doesn't have to end the way it did for Israel. How much do you know Him? And how valuable is knowing Him to you, to me? May it be an encouragement to you. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement that your word brings. Thank you for the instruction that your word gives to us. God, thank you for salvation. As was found in your son, Jesus Christ. Father, as we seek to know you. As we make deliberate attempts to allow you to instruct us. May you bend our hearts toward you. May we come to the full realization, dear God, that you mean only good for us. May we realize, dear God, as we sense your presence, how dear we are to you. Father, may we in this year experience you like never before. Knowing that the time is short. Knowing that even now, dear God, the land Creation itself groans for the return of you. Father, thank you for your graciousness towards us. And thank you for another opportunity to get it right. Father, for your honor and your great glory, we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Before I dismiss you, I got one challenge. Some of you are going to go home tonight and say, all right, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make a deliberate attempt to start reading my Bible. By the way, that's the only way we can find truth. This is the only sure place that we can find absolute truth, as my dear sister Cartwright suggested tonight. This is the only place we can find it. Some of you are going to go home tonight and say, all right, okay, 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 I'm going to clear my schedule. I'm going to get off the internet earlier. I'm going to shut the TV off. I'm going to get up earlier. Whatever it is. Caution. Caution. You're going to have some oopsies. You're going to forget. You're going to get up late. Don't whoop yourself to death. The idea is to do it. Meet with him. Start creating a habit, a lifestyle, but don't get so bogged down at 6 o'clock. Oh no, 6 o'clock? I didn't get up at 6 o'clock? What am I going to do? The earth is going to stop spinning. No, it's not. I assure you, it's going to continue to spin. God is more concerned about the relationship. He wants you. He wants me. Amen? Amen. God bless you. And enjoy... Enjoy Him. Enjoy getting to know Him this year.
Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you, and you're dismissed.